0: You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I am Steph, and I have a special guest here with me today for a fun chat.
1: So I am going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves and tell you where you can find them online. Hi, everyone. My name is Rhiannon Harvest. I am a traditional folk witch and pagan uh, I am Métis, which is a large part of my spiritual practice. Um, I work with the Greek and Celtic deities, along with plants and land spirits, and also the Fae. Um, I'm a Gemini, Gemini, Libra, so so much air in my chart. Um, <laughs> and I'm also part of the LGBTQ IA community, and you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Vero, and Patreon
0: that was a whole list of (laughs) interests and things to be involved with. And I know like we (laughs) we talked about that and, and, you know, chatted before we were going to schedule this episode. So I I knew like your list of things that you were involved in. And I feel like that is just like so impressive to like have that many interests and um, (laughs) be involved in all of those past, because I think a lot of people struggle with that and they want to pick like just one thing, but like you Mm -hmm. love everything. I, I love that. I think that's so much fun.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like why limit yourself? That's something um, my Gemini has taught me is be expansive and don't limit yourself because I just want to learn everything. Um, a huge basic trait of the Gemini and uh, I don't want to miss out on anything. So why not pick up something? If it's an open practice, why not explore it, right? Um, so at least learn about it. You may not have to like apply it into your practice but at least learn about the thing and see if it works for you right absolutely so let's talk about well first of
0: all I did want to mention to everyone that you recently joined the discord server uh, yes (laughs) really because we are on a different discord server together you and I uh, Mm um where for creators of witchy content online. So that is how we met and started talking. Um, But you recently joined the Witch Wednesday's Discord server, and I know everybody was excited that you were going to be on the podcast. So I just wanted to say that at the start, in case I forget, if you have any additional questions, feel free to jump in and, you know, I know you'll, you'll be around answering any other questions about your practice and everything that we don't get to cover today. So just so everybody knows
1: that <laughs> you are in there. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone was so sweet. I'm so excited to kind of like dive in there and get to know it everyone um a part of like what started me online was just trying to fund community so it's like so amazing that we have like a little bit of a a built-in community already there that I can learn and make friends so I'm excited
0: I know I agree I feel like so so much community is made online these days it's just the way of the world at the moment Uh, Mm -hmm. so I think it's great that that we have these little wishy spaces that we can be in to to chat and, and meet people from all over the place yeah, definitely. It's fab. <laughs> so I want to dive into where, how did your path even start for you? Um, and you, where did you start with all of your various interests to end up where you are now?
1: <laughs> um, well, I'd like to say that a lot of things in the cult starts with like a a magical mindset. You kind of have to be open to that um, for anything to really fully like start filtering into your your psyche, but um, I was definitely one of those children who um, in, in like grade 12, I was still obsessed with the Fae and I was carrying around folklore books and fully believing that they're fully tangible beings. Um, and that not until a little later did I actually experience that um, they are tangible. And I met a, a Fae queen um, in BC, Alberta, and um, that kind of like spurred a huge like search for me for spirituality. I grew up in a Protestant non-practicing home, so I was very removed from all of my spiritual practices, both um, Indigenous and not Indigenous. Um, I have like Irish and Celtic origins. Um, I just learned to have a little bit of German as well. Um, and I uh, also am uh, Métis. So I have Cree on my mother's side and I felt very removed. And what really started everything was being wanting to be part of something wanting to feel connected to something like growing up with my grandparents who raised me I didn't really feel a part of much of community I grew up with older people who had this more mature sense of themselves and I kind of just felt kind of like disconnected as an overall like theme so I went on a search and of course like many people I I stumbled upon Wicca, and I was like, this is something that uh, resonates with me because it's a a nature path. Um, But later on, I did realize that is not exactly my path, but it did start a lot of the magical searchings and the finding of correspondences and and learning of magic and what it really is. And me just even exploring my, my Celtic ancestry, I realized there's so much magic in the history of their religion and of their practice Um, and their just daily life to get by. And I felt that it was just really so empowering for me. And that was the common theme I was looking for is empowerment and connection. And so I just started rolling with it and here we are today. (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) And how are you going
0: to incorporate all of your, you know, traditions, your paths, everything into, which is the next thing I want to talk about. As we are recording this, it's going to be tomorrow, but as listeners are listening to this, your podcast just launched. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Listeners are listening to this on Wednesday, your podcast launched on Monday. So let's chat about how you are going to you know have your own podcast and share all of this um with a new audience
1: uh yeah uh, basically the podcast is called Witches ritual and it really is a ritual in itself for me uh ritual is very sacred to me and is a, the large part of my practice while I am a folk practitioner um you could say, and you can argue that I'm constantly practicing, whether it be in the kitchen or in my home, but also in ritual. Um, I have a lot of ritual in my life. um, And I feel like it's because it grounds me. Um, so I will be talking about uh, other practitioners' experiences and also my experiences in my many avenues of interest. And, um, you know, just kind of sharing the the experiences I go, I, as a Gemini person, I'm very much wanting to talk and wanting to um, communicate my thoughts constantly. I'm always up in my head and being able to sit down and just kind of um, put it out onto a platform where I don't have to like settle with my makeup or much else and i just be able to be authentic and raw. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Um, so basically on the podcast we're able to talk about folklore, um, you know, meditation, spirituality, um, occult practices in different forms, but I also want to make it a platform for inclusivity, so LGBTQ plus I a social issues, mental health, and all of that both inside Uh, occultism and magic and outside because that's definitely something that has affected me as I am part of the community and I've kind of had to find a way to uh, allow myself to practice without kind of like stepping on my moral grounds if that makes sense so yeah I want to share kind of all of that and just be able to like start discussions of things and see what other people really think and believe so I can get more thought forms and kind of just feed this craving for knowledge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I love that you you know, say Gemini, because I have a cousin who is a Gemini and she's very much like that. And people misunderstand and they think that she has multiple personalities because Mm -hmm. everything that she, you know, one day is talking about something else and everything is so different and, you know, seems like at odds with each other, but it's just that she has so many interests and like wants Mm -hmm. to convey everything that she's thinking and like figuring things out and i i find i <laughs> sometimes because i'm a scorpio sometimes her and i like butt heads a lot but i yeah. appreciate like where she's coming from because i'm very like you know linear thinker black and white and have like fewer interests so like we tend to like butt heads over stuff like that but i love her and it's just like such <laughs> a different um energy but yeah to like coming from that perspective you must have like so much to share so i think like a podcast is going to be great i'm really excited to listen to that and find out like more about you know everything that you've experienced and what other witches are doing so speaking of these rituals what does I I can't even say a typical day for you because you probably (laughs) have no typical days but what are some of the things you know witchiness that you do on a semi-regular basis
1: yeah definitely so for me meditation has been a cornerstone for me um it's always where i i I go back to when i'm having the most struggle uh i do have a depressive side to me that i do struggle with i'm looking into seeing if i have adhd or anything in that realm um so just kind of when i have low energy or low spoon um availability i definitely always go back to my meditation because it's something I'm able to do while I'm sitting in my bed or just sitting at the altar and just being able to be my own headspace Uh, I'm starting to explore kind of the the astral realm Um, I just talked about this on my podcast that's coming up pretty soon um with Aurora from uh, Lavender Hazelwood Witches so that's pretty exciting about that I'm just kind of learning about that myself um so meditation is massive for me um but I do not like to put myself much into a box, like I said. So every day is a little bit different depending on what I'm trying to manifest. Currently myself, I'm trying to manifest um, more fitness in my life um, in a different uh, bodily form. So trying to get myself healthier. Um, I'm working with some like health issues at the moment. So I'm trying to myself of that. So each morning I get up, I have a fasted workout and I light my ritual candle for that. Uh, I'm a huge proponent for candles um, alongside folk magic. I love spell candles and I have it in almost everything I do. Um, It's just, I love the element of fire. Uh, It's just so um, quick acting and magical. And uh, after that, I have like my breakfast, I spell over my breakfast and put intention into it and kind of pray. And then after that, I'll sit down at my altar for five, 10 minutes and just convene with my deities and pull a few cards because I'm starting to look at uh, learning the tarot a little bit more. But other days, like a few months ago, I was very much working with Apollo and trying to uh, cultivate my writing skills as a songwriter. Um, That was like my first dream in life, aside from occultism and being a professional witch of some words you could say, I wanted to be a singer and a songwriter, a lyricist. And so working with him, I would write a few exercises in the morning with him I would try to channel some things from him each morning and then I would try to channel that into my day and allow the creative to kind of like channel through me throughout the day and then by the time I got home at night I had all these ideas that I needed to uh, shove into my computer and uh, make songs so um, yeah I kind of lost where I'm at I do that a lot because I'm so airheaded, but yeah, that's basically like a common day for me. It depends on the the, the intention that's at hand, and
0: I, I love that because you know every day is completely different, and I think that's you know nice for the community to to have a resource and hear from somebody that you know changes things up and, and doesn't have a traditional. You know, they talk about like routines and things you should do every single day, and you know, witchcraft isn't always linear like that. It's you know, all over the place. It depends on what you need in the moment.
1: Well, exactly. For myself, I really find uh, occultism is outside the norm of the rules and structure. Uh, Occultism really was, um, back in the day, (laughs) uh, it really was to uh, break down patriarchy is to uh, free people of horrible situations that they had no other way out of. Um, It gave them power and to put yourself in a box uh, just seems a little bit counterintuitive to me. So uh, allowing yourself to free flow um, is so important. Uh, It allows it to stay fresh and interesting. So you don't have that massive burnout that a lot of people talk about um, having within the first few years of practice people just want to start practicing and have this rigid uh, schedule and then it just doesn't become fun and it also doesn't become empowering if it's something that you're forcing yourself to do
0: yeah that is absolutely true um, and it it's interesting that you tap into what witchcraft has meant to people over the years because you are a part of a lot of different communities that faced oppression in different ways over the years. um mm-hmm. so i think you probably have a really unique perspective on coming to witchcraft at this point um in your life just to sort of handle all of those issues and be part of that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I I find it's for myself um it was a way for me to learn about all of these Things that happened to different parts of my ancestry, um, in a way that helped me feel more empowered than um, feeling sad and um, kind of stolen from, and um, and it's it's a way for me to also act as a form of protest uh, to funnel, you know, power into those areas that were taken from. Currently, right now. Um, because we're going into October and it feels right, but I want to set up my first ancestor altar and, you know, working with ancestors, both blood and non-blood, non-traditional, um, is so important to help, um, you know, give them the energy back that was taken from them. So working with ancestral, um, money and, um, giving them offerings and trying to like give them something um, of comfort while they're on the other side is so important to me and being able to convene with them and find things that I won't be able to find in history. Um, Unfortunately, with uh, Irish and Scottish uh, culture, a lot of it had a razor through Christian Overtakings and a lot of it is filtered through uh, the Christian perspective. Um, so I do take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt, um, and unfortunately, I do kind of have to incorporate it a little bit into my practice, um, just because I have no other um, no other way of finding uh, other options. I just kind of have what they have written. Um, but being able to sit down at uh, a deity altar. Um, and talk to Artemis it told me that I really needed a connection to family and this is something I've always kind of craved so I'm putting together an ancestor altar and being able to speak with them and just being able to get that one-on-one channeled information is going to be so invaluable for my practice Um, so I'm very excited for that.
0: Yeah I was going to ask you has it been hard for you to find a lot of that information, given how much has been erased from your history?
1: Yes, so, so very much. Um, There's so much, like when you're doing research, there's so much cross-checking that you have to do just to begin with. But um, even when you do find something that's very tangible and um, seems very authentic, um, you kind of have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt and uh, kind of filter it through your own uh, mentality and your own morals and take that history uh, that you've known about now and say, is this something that I wanna bring forward? Um, So I I did start off my practice wanting to be a reconstructionist and now I'm more so um, kind of just making my own way with the information that I'm gathering. Um, so yeah, it's a little sad in that way where you you can't really say, yeah, this is like a for sure thing. I have it in a book that has been handed down for millennia. This is just something that I have um, through the church and thank goodness that they do have um, archives now of people who have spoken to people of the land and, um, the elders in Ireland and Scotland and they did get authentic stories which is a, a more light-hearted side of the thing um, that we're speaking of at least I have that so I do lean very heavily into folklore um, and story um, which is so important um, and I'm just thinking now actually um, that also takes precedent on the side of my pre-ancestry it was very much a spoken word tradition um so it's a little sad in some ways but in others it's not because on my Cree side that's just the way it was and you can kind of just take things how it is and um just form your own opinions on it but yeah it definitely can be difficult when you first start and that's something I would um warn others if they're interested in this path that it can be a little disheartening and frustrating, but if you allow yourself to just be open with it, you can learn a lot and, um, it can still feel very rewarding.
0: I would love to then transition that into how you work with land spirits and plant spirits. Cause I know that is a part of your practice and your heritage. Uh, how is it that you have started that and are working with that today?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first, what happened to us when I was a child, we had this willow tree that was planted on the day I was born in the front of my family home. Oh, and
0: that's so nice.
1: I love it. It was my favorite tree. And um, I was always like obsessed with it because, you know, Pocahontas and grandmother willow, obviously. <laughs> um, but I would always sit under the tree and um, it felt very maternal. And whenever I was struggling, uh, I did ha- I did come from a very loving home, but we did have our own like familial issues and mental health issues throughout the family. And there was a lot of upheaval. There was a lot of um, unknowing in my life. And so I would just sit under the tree and it would just be a form of grounding for me. Um, and that was like very my very first experience with a tree spirit. Um, And then later on, I would dream about the trees and I would have different type of um, channeling. As I grew up, I would start channeling um, mental downloads and I would be like furiously trying to like type into my old, Phone where you had to like type three times to get one letter, <laughs> trying to like <laughs> <Yeah>, put... <laughs> uh, try to put all this information in there like on the bus going to school, <laughs> um. But yeah, that was like my first experience with it, and I've always felt very like called to outside. I I hate being in a city, and I I, I really want as a major dream of mine to be able to actually live on the corner of a village (laughs) and be the witch on the edge of the forest Um, but i have always felt called to the forest and um, even when i went to child camps throughout my life we would uh, be able to go and do poetry under trees and it was my favorite thing and it kind of just spurred into um, growing plants and now i'm very much into gardening and uh, growing my own plant allies so this year I just grew my first ever garden sage it actually grew from seed which is very difficult if you're not aware it the first few seeds like brought it (laughs) um but yeah I'm just kind of like trying to start my own herb garden that will feed into my practice and yeah (laughs) that's kind of and you and you want to homestead
0: Right? I do. And, <laughs> yes. oh, that's, that's impressive to me. I mean, I'm I, like, as a life goal and dream, I feel like that's, that's so cool, but I would, I would never be able to, I have none of your skills. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have a lot of skills as of yet. Um, but I do live in, um, Alberta where we get so much snow most of the year. So I'm really blessed to be able to have, that forced time inside to be able to like sit down and be like okay let's try a new craft this this year and this year I'm hoping to learn canning and learn preserves <laughs> um, and so I'm just kind of really taking it a little out. bit at a time <laughs> I, I mean I know it's like amazing
0: but I'm always like oh my gosh I'm going to do this wrong and it's going to be bacteria and I'm going to die like, and <laughs> like canning stuff wrong like I just I'm not confident at all
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you ever wanted to try it, I would start off with jams. They're very simple, um, and pretty stable and you can at least leave it in the fridge if you're scared of bacteria <laughs> growing. <laughs> that's a good idea.
0: Well, speaking of, because you mentioned growing things and you specifically mentioned sage, mm-hmm. do you have any closed practices, um, given your heritage that you participate in and have you had any like issues with the community um, surrounding that? Because that comes up a lot.
1: Yes, very much. Um, so uh, white sage is probably what you're touching on here. <laughs> um, yes, so I do uh, smudge with white sage. I am not fully initiated into that practice. And that's something I would like a lot of people to realize, that it is a close practice and uh, the herb is endangered. Um, And it's very, not even just that, it's also very difficult for people of Indigenous um, culture and heritage to even get their hands on this herb because it's so over farmed and it's so overused in areas which it doesn't really truly belong, where it could be replaced with say garden sage, um, which I'm also growing, um, or many other different herbs that are just as powerful, if not more powerful. But this very specific herb is very, very um, important to indigenous cultures of many walks. And I feel it's important to, to respect it and allow people who are of that heritage to still practice and be visible practicing it and not have to hide it because it's white sage um, and be able to say, yes, I still use it. Um, with that being said, I am not in like in the, the practice of being, um, able to smudge properly. I haven't been indoctrinated into that that world yet. And that's something else people need to realize just because you're of indigenous culture doesn't mean you should be smudging everyone and everything and um, calling it a smudging practice. You need to allow yourself to be um, going through the proper channels and being taught by elders proper ways of doing things because it is an initiatory thing this is something that healers do and it is very much a medicinal practice in its own right Um, so yeah it's it's important to allow people to practice what is important to them and utilize it get familiar with the herb um, if you're from that um, walk of life where you are connected to it through ancestry, but also it's important to um, not walk on the practice if you're not part of it, because that is very much a close practice.
0: Yeah, and I think um, people get a little confused by that because there is garden sage and that is different mm-hmm. and then you know sometimes there are ways to use that in spells that it's not the same thing as smudging but I know people are just they're coming at it from like they want to be respectful they're not trying mm-hmm. to to step on things but um if do you have any resources other than yourself who is a great resource um to sort of learn about those things and to learn how to be respectful because this is a question I. That comes up a lot of like, I don't want to step on people's toes, but I want to learn things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean, there are so many different uh, tribes that offer teachings, and it really helps to support that community in itself. So they will teach you what they feel is important. Um, there will still be things, unfortunately, in this realm where you may not be able to learn that because it's something that is sacred and they will not share it outside of their communities that are um, rightfully allowed to know these in, this information. Um, but you can learn about why it may be um, detrimental and you can learn about how they used it and why. And you may be able to learn about many other different things that surround the aspect of smudging or just the overall culture in itself. And they're very much open and very, very kind to people who want to learn these things because um, as you may know, they've been very much ostracized throughout history and they really just wanna educate and welcome people in so that there's less fear in in their practices. Um, so I can definitely uh, send you some links to um, at least communities in my area, um, but throughout the world in the US, there are definitely different tri- uh, tribes that will have their own websites even and um, places where you can like learn to work with land. Um, herbs and land spirits and they'll they'll teach you how to like forage and stuff like that too
0: oh I love that because yeah it, it's great to be able to learn about it and feel that you're at least you know confident in in working with things in your area without trying to overtake or erase a entire people's history
1: yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> but that I know that it comes up with sage a lot and I think people are that's like one herb that people are, or plants that people are afraid of, of working with, or even like yeah. mentioning, but there are, there are different types and you yes. can grow it for, well, you can grow it for yourself. I don't know that <laughs> Not in my real house, but I do know that people grow it for themselves to like yes. use in different ways, but there is that, you know, that smudging practice that is sacred to a mm-hmm. lot of tribes that people don't understand exactly the difference every time.
1: Exactly. And you know, on the other hand of it, I do want to note just because I do see many sides to this as I am a Gemini and I think everything so thoroughly, <laughs> uh, which can drive you crazy. But I, I do think it's important to, uh, to allow the community who um, this herb comes from to also sell it to people they deem it's allowed to. So if you get your sage and it's something that you cannot let go of. It's very important to you. Um, It's something that you're not just being disrespectful for, but it is important for your practice in some way, shape, or form. Getting it from an actual tribe that is growing it locally is so, so invaluable, and it really helps to support those communities as well, because A lot of times, like when you think about it, what's long story short, uh, for so long, we were not allowed to use our practices. We are not allowed to use our our magic or our herbs um, and our ritual and meet with our gods. And that's why it's a closed practice. However, we are also being told we cannot sell something that would help support us um, through our own devices and our own filter. So allowing, indigenous people to sell to you, but also being very vetting and knowing it's coming from a tribe and not just some practitioner online who says that they're indigenous, because that's something you cannot um, kind of vet out. Um, But yeah, supporting the local tribes within your area is more than okay if it's something that you cannot let go of. Um, And it's definitely okay with me. (laughs) Not everyone will agree with that, but (laughs) it's my opinion. Yeah, which, you know, that's important
0: too, because I think you know, somebody just, just sort of, it happens with every group that they lump people together, but not everybody in every group is going to have the same opinion. So you don't, you don't speak for everyone. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, and then it, it, it's difficult. So, but I, I I do in general feel that like, if, any witch is coming at it from a place of respect and genuine curiosity that i think other people recognize that and you don't have to be so scared to ask mm-hmm. questions and and reach out because i think most people are are understanding and even if they have a different opinion from you they are willing to to talk about it and teach and learn and share things so it's something i appreciate about this community as long as you're coming from a place of respect that's like the main thing to me
1: yes totally i agree <laughs> <laughs> well want you
0: wrap up with the last question that I usually ask because I know we're running out of time <laughs> um, yes <laughs> is if you had a you know one piece of advice to give to a beginner whether that is beginner with land spirits beginner with witchcraft um uh, beginner with homesteading what is your piece <laughs> of advice for a beginner
1: uh okay well I would start off with a witchcraft um I would say don't overwhelm yourself too much with having to know everything before you step into a practice and what's most important with witchcraft at least in my experience is learning to ground center and um, channel your energy and move it through the body and so that would be the first thing I'd be learning how to do and also meditation and tapping into the earth and its energy because and this is another thing I'm going to bring up on the podcast, but um, I use my own energy when I first tried to do a protection spell and I felt like a, a truck hit me. So definitely don't do that. Um, and you know, other people, than that, people have that experience and they, they forget, they learn that lesson yeah. pretty quick though. Yes, they do. Or or they get stuck and they don't know where to go for energy. And it's very, very simple. Mother Earth has everything for you. We even walk um, with earthing and it grounds you to the earth and and Cleanses you with the ions it has that it releases. So it's really so important to like connect to the earth as much as you can. But yeah, other than that, I would say don't put yourself into a box too quickly overall. It took me so many years to kind of like find what really worked for me. And I still don't really know how to like fully define myself. I was uh, going to say you're not even in a box. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> even, even now you have so many boxes.
1: <laughs> now, even now I'm trying to put myself in boxes a little bit just so I can like, describe it to people. And um, it just keeps adding words to it. So like I'm like a, a Celtic um folk witch but i'm also like working with greek pantheon and i'm also a music witch and i'm also an ocean witch so it just keeps going <laughs> <laughs> i love it
0: <laughs> well thank you so much for being here i will have everything linked in the show notes over at witchwednesdays.com so people can find you and, and ask additional questions because I'm sure they're going to have them after yes. but really appreciate your time thank you so much for being here
1: thank you so much uh for bringing me on this was so much fun um I really appreciate your time and um yeah I can't wait to um meet everyone in the group (laughs) yes and i will absolutely make sure they head over to
0: your brand new podcast congratulations on your launch (laughs) all right thank you so much (laughs) and everyone else i will see you next week this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window need even more subscribe to patreon and youtube for exclusive bonus content order a themed witchcraft box every month through witch wednesdays on etsy be sure to follow on instagram at witch wednesdays podcast find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com